Welcome to Mobile Armor Radio, the podcast for all things mecha. Jump ship incoming. Hello everyone and welcome to another exciting episode of Mobile Armor Radio. Episode number... 35. 35. 35. 35. The last uh, last episode of season 3. 36 would be season oh, 4, wow. right? Season 3, episode 12. Yeah. It moves fast, doesn't it? I'm one of your hosts, Brian. <laughs> and I'm Chopper. And I'm Rob. And with that, we're going to head on over into the... Dropship. Dropship. <laughs> Jumpship. Dropship. Oh, man. We're in the jumpship. In the jumpship. You think eventually. It's only been th- three oh, seasons. Three years, you would think we would have this down. <laughs> no, the quality just keeps... We just set the bar low and we excel at that. <laughs> That's it, it's, it's like my brain is is on the topic for, for tonight. Yeah. So like I, I didn't get my notes all, all together until the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's a good excuse. Right. Yeah. Dropship landing. And welcome to the dropship, where we talk about all sorts of mech building or modeling that we've been working on. A lot of the hobby tables is around here, so mm-hmm. I'll throw it over to Pat to start. Oh, <laughs> oh it's well, like this a, uh, it's like a death quick. sentence every time you send places. <laughs> This will be very quick. I actually have not hardly done anything this uh, last couple of weeks. Just uh, I don't know why. I got no answers. It's a, It's been a busy month. It has been. I just I don't know where the time went, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's what it seems like. This, uh, this month went really quick. Like I even had a week's worth of vacation, which I didn't do anything still, and I don't know what happened. <laughs> so, But I will say I did get some, my stuff from Talon. I got the Badger drop ship, which I was planning on hoping to get started so I could talk about it, but it didn't come with any instructions, so mm. I have to watch the video of John Walker making it and fo- kind of follow along with him, so that needs to wait for a day when I have a day off where I can actually sit and watch a video and <laughs> at the same time, but it looks cool. It's it's a nice dyke, uh, MDF. MDF cup, yeah, cut out, it looks good. And from what I've seen on the thing, it's been pretty good. Uh, I got the whole box of it. Rob put that thing on our Facebook page uh, for that deal he put with the dropship, the shirts. It was for their CavCon. They had a bunch of – they had a big – with the stuff they would have been selling at CavCon, they put it all up on, yeah, online. Yeah, which sell. was nice. So I got myself a little koozie for my little bear. <laughs> it's going to be awesome when I'm talking about robots and stuff. Yeah. Um. And then those uh, tanks and that other uh, cab. I can't even remember what it was. Off uh, top I think, my... Wasn't it a uh, – what's the uh, Dark Elf called? I think it was one of theirs. M. M. Marithal or something like I that. Think I think it was one of them, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was a cool-looking model, so I thought I should get it. Yeah, I got it too, I think. Cause, I and think then – My faction. Well, yeah, if I was going to buy the dropship in that, I should just I just went ahead and said, well, I'll just get the rest of it because, you know, it's not that much more. Yeah, I haven't got mine yet, but that's not anything new. I'm in Canada. It takes like years to get across the border. <laughs> uh, I got the mail today uh, by Eagle Moss, my Viper Mark II. Uh, it's a hero collection. It's a diecast model. It looks really cool. Of the Viper II from the reimagined Battlestar Galactica series. Uh, that was yeah, a, it's new series. You showed us the box. It was about as big as your head. <laughs> yeah. 
I was, uh, yeah, it's uh, the Viper 2 version is off the the Galacticus, the new revision series. So, yeah. uh, but if you look forward. at the collection off of Eagle yeah. Moss, they, they, they're doing original series and both. So, uh, they're even, they even put out the, if you're an old, old, old if you're an old geezer like me, <laughs> uh, you remember the old series, they had like a, a little tank called the Land Ram. They even put that out. Oh, yeah. Which is cool. So that that's originally what made me think maybe I should buy these things. Yeah, that's that's pretty deep cut. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, and I did so, and I'm kind of happy with it. It said ten or eight to ten inches on the thing, but this thing is bigger. It's about a foot long. <laughs> so it uh, it's pretty cool. So I'm very impressed with the quality. Uh, so I'm gonna start collecting that, and then I'll have more to talk about with that one every time I get one. My goal is to try and get a couple every payday or something. <laughs> when the wife's not looking. Right? Yeah, gotta spend <laughs> the money on something. We played a game of uh, Mecha Hack. That's in the next one. That's in Comstock. It is. Okay, so we did not play a game of Mecha Hack, so I don't know what Yet. to talk about. <laughs> uh, so, well, then with that, I did not do anything more than that. That's fair. How about you, Rob? <laughs> uh, yeah, dropship. I mean, uh, dropship. Yeah, dropship. It's a, a dropship in the dropship. Yeah. That's good. Excuse me. Uh, yeah, I haven't got my dropship yet, but I have. Uh, did get Grid Wars, which is a 3D printed game from Titan Forge that they went on Kickstarter. So, mm. and there's lots of mechs in that, so I counts. But I, uh, I've been printing that. So mostly that's what I've been doing this whole month. I think I've just been constantly printing uh, miniatures and mechs for Grid Wars. It's, a lot of print on demand games coming out. Oh yeah, that's like the <laughs> that's the new thing now. It's the future is here. It's going to be a lot more of that because why yeah. bother making all these miniatures if you're going to right. print them? Even now, the uh, cyberpunk. Uh, we probably should talk cyberpunk about red. One. Yes, cyberpunk. Yeah, there's a con- the new uh, tactical miniature game just came out too. That's on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. I have no interest in it because I'm like, eh, I want to print my own minis. <laughs> <laughs> and the price of like uh, like this whole I think type, that whole grid wars was maybe for everything was like 50 bucks. Like it was so cheap. Wow. Like obviously then you pay for your resin or your PLA, but still, right. Right. It's not, I think I went through maybe doing every single miniature. I went through maybe one and a half rolls. So it'd been like add another 40 bucks onto it. So that's, that's, so not bad. that's about a hundred bucks. Yeah. For, for everything though. I, I probably have about, you know, hundred minis plus all the other stuff. So plus you can print as many as you want. You can have, you know, Oh, yeah, all, all different options with the mechs and stuff. And I think out, out of the gate, it's very comfortable just buying it. But the the, the savings is where you can reprint. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. and there's uh, terrain too. It came with a bunch of terrain, so that I haven't even started on that. Like, there's just filling up boards. You can also use it for other games, like our hardware, or which is changing its name because they just got. Uh, yeah, hardwired. Hardwired. Yeah, that's what I mean. They yeah. they just got uh, cease and desisted see- by the uh, original author of that book. <laughs> It, or it was was it it was like an author who had that title in his book. I, they were kind of unrelated, if I recall. But well, it's, I think it was the I think the, there was a brand confusion claim. Yeah, because there was a there is a the original like cyberpunk book that even cyberpunk was based off was called Hardware or Hardwire Hardware Hardwire <laughs> I can't remember Hardwired. Yeah, that's the name of the game, but I'm not sure. And maybe yeah. it's called Hardware. And yeah, there were, maybe that was the confusion. It wasn't even close, but. 
Once again, do you have enough money to fight whatever company owns that rights now? Because I believe that author is dead. Like, it's been... That was in the 70s. Mm. So I think he's gotcha. not around. If he is around, he's pretty old. I doubt it's him suing him. It's some company that owns the rights, you know? Probably. That's a side thing anyway. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, Grid Wars. Check it out if you're interested. But uh, that's all I've been doing. I haven't done anything else, which is unusual for me. I'm looking around. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Um, nope. I haven't done anything else. <laughs> what about you, Brian? Well, actually, I, I had a pretty eventful uh, month here where uh, I did, in fact, get some hobbying done. Nice. Um, so one of the things I had been working on was uh, I had talked to previously in an episode, I had been working on Strider customizations for Dead Zone, um, and I had developed uh, a 100% Mantic uh, version of my my Strider in the the like ground Gundam-esque style. Um, from OHMS team, and uh, so the the new addition is that I made another one um, in the the same style, but with uh, a different little loadout to them. Uh, so I, I put together a different. Um, uh, there, there's a like a heavy machine gun in Dead Zone called like the heavy burst laser, and uh, rather than using the one Mantic has is metal. And I wanted to have these weapons magnetized because I want to be able to swap them uh, between the mechs as I as I want to. Um, so what I did is wow. like they have a stationary gun that is pretty much the same heavy burst laser that's plastic terrain, and uh, and so I just modeled that a little bit around and uh, you know set it up so he's carrying it, and so I I now have uh, three Striders. In the Gundam style uh, of the OHMS team. <laughs> yeah, I saw them. They look pretty good. Yeah, thanks. And uh, it also means I do have a Goof Custom, which was the first one I ever made uh, in this series, you might say. And so down the road here, sometime in the near future, I am definitely going to be reenacting the Shuddering Mountain Part 1 <laughs> with, uh, with Dead Zone rules. <laughs> there you go. You have to have a six by four board, though. It's going to be a bigger board, but it'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> that um, would be fun. But yeah, apart from like that, that was the main hobby thing that I've been working on. Um, this next piece kind of falls into a weird space because uh, it's uh, technically a video game, but it's one I'm making myself. <laughs> well, I definitely think it deserves to be in this space. That one. Yeah. Okay. Um, so as, as you, um, for those that aren't familiar, uh, there's something that they call game jams, uh, that, that different communities, uh, of game developers, uh, occasionally put out, which is basically just a little mini contest, uh, where, uh, you know, you have a, a set amount of time and usually a theme, uh, to develop some kind of game around, uh, and so it just so happened that uh, this month there was one that was called Mech Jam. <laughs> and I'm like, it's all about Mecha. And I'm like, I, I kind of want to do that. <laughs> uh, and it just so happened like I had a, a little game prototype that I've been playing with for like a fantasy style game. Uh, for anyone who's ever played Final Fantasy Adventure on the Game Boy... Uh, it's like Final Fantasy's version of Zelda. Um, and 
uh, it's a it's a really fun game, and I, I liked. I created a, had created a little prototype of that style of game, and I was like, "Huh, I really like this old, um, you know, basically like monochrome esque color palette, uh, where where my pixel, you know, it's sixteen by sixteen pixels uh, for like character sprites and stuff, and I'm like, I'm gonna make a a mech game." Like it was old, an old Game Boy game, and I'm gonna do it about the Mantic Strider. <laughs> and so, um, by the time this episode comes out, th- this game will be alive and available for people to try out. Uh, it's a very simple thing. Uh, basically, it's you. You're gonna be piloting a a Strider as as a bunch of marauders are invading your colony, and you have to fight them back. Um, and you're the only one that can do it. You are the Rebel Strider. Is that the name of the game? Yeah. <laughs> Rebel <laughs> Strider. Um, so, yeah, don't expect anything too crazy, but I've had a lot of fun putting it together. Uh, this is actually one of the only evenings I haven't touched it. <laughs> and it's it had a the jam was about 2 weeks long uh, to put it together. And uh, it's it's been really it's been really fun. Uh, like all the graphics I've kind of done by hand and um and a lot of the sound effects i used a a synthesizer tool to to put together the only thing that might be tricky uh is is music i have no talent for so i might see if i can get a sample of somebody's music to put in there that's fitting uh you should Uh, talk to uh jack fike jack jack makes stuff it would be perfect like midi kind of stuff for that okay I might might do it. It's due uh, in just a couple days, so we'll we'll see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> might have to but, be a, a, a later add-on. Yeah, maybe that that can be the uh, version two. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just for fun. Uh, I hope everyone you know that's interested tries it out and enjoys it. Um, and yeah, so that was, it was kind of half hot, you know, half dropship, half Comstar, but uh, yeah. I'll, I'll, there'll be a link in the show notes, probably. You should just use the Mobile Armor Radio theme. <laughs> just have it on loop. There you go. That's actually exactly to, that, too. You'll have to send that to me. I don't know if I have that as an audio file. I'm pretty sure it's called March of the Machine Men. That's that's why I used it. <laughs> yes, March of the Machine Men is the name of the, uh, the Mobile Armor Radio theme by Jack Fike. We've never actually given him any credit, but might as well tell now. <laughs> <laughs> After what was it? Three years? <laughs> who, the hell, who the hell is Jack Fike? <laughs> He's a guy who will never be on this uh, on this show. We refuse to let him on. That's true. But uh, but that that's the cap on on my hobby stuff. So I think without further ado, let's move on to Comstar. Message from Comstar. And welcome to Comstar. This is the section of the show that we talk about all sorts of other media, shows, books, comics. Everything else under the sun that uh, we've come to enjoy with Mecca. And there's been a whole bunch of news uh, that's come out this month. And I'm going to turn it over to Rob because he has the list. Sure. Uh, the biggest news, of course, is that uh, Big West from Japan and Harmony Golden US finally made good. They finally made up. They kissed and made up after <laughs> how many? Two decades of disagreement, at least, of uh, the rights to Almost. Between- Three, right? Yeah, it was like eighty-five. Time. What yeah. you saying? The Hatfield and McCoys 
They've made peace? Yeah, pretty much. It's uh, Macross and Robotech. So finally, Macross will be able to be in North America, and Robotech will be able to be worldwide. And uh, yeah, it's March 1st. They, they signed an agreement, and they're just gonna, they realized, hey, if we work together, we can make a crap ton of money. And right. I'm sure it'll include a Macross slash Robotech live action movie that they can just redub in Japanese when it comes to Japan as all the, the Macross names instead of Robotech names. And so that, <laughs> that fabled Robotech movie might actually happen now that it can be international because it was limited before. So, so I'm sure that's part of it. I'm sure they, they see other things mm-hmm. happening and they're like, hey, we're leaving money on the table. Why are we fighting? Because really, you I'm know, sure both companies are just both making money. So <laughs> Yeah, I, this was... I, like I admit, I don't know if I ever, in my wildest dreams, thought that was going to happen. <laughs> no, we just assumed it was never going to happen. That well, yeah, never I, I won't lie. I didn't think that would ever happen either. Just because yeah. the vitriol was so bad. I and and this is this is speculation, but I do kind of wonder if the expiration of the the Palladium license went when suddenly the Robotech license went out to a lot more game company you know people to make new things with it really kind of re re showed that there there is an audience for robotech um and and invariably macross um so i i'm it'll be interesting to see what happens ultimately like i know it's great that they're willing to work together and now comes like uh, like i think of licensing with the macross franchise which it's one thing to just license anime, um, but the music. <laughs> there is a heck of a lot of music in the Macross franchise, and I don't know if you get that, you know, carte blanche. You know, does it all come come with the package, or if they have to license each song individually? It could be cost prohibitive. That was always something um, that, like, when when I would talk with some of my other Macross friends. When it's like, oh, you know, think you ever come stateside? It's like, well, you know, Macross Seven has like two dozen songs in it. <laughs> but who owns the uh, rights to the songs? Exactly. Oh, they don't uh, know. Like, it's not. It's not like that. The holding company there that owns Macross might not necessarily own those rights to the songs. It, they might not, yeah. or or there might be other distribution deals around them that that could affect it. Not not entirely sure. Uh, that's that's. I think that's the next hurdle they're going to have to to uh, go through, but you know this is progress. This is good progress. Um, I, I've I've talked uh, a number of times on the show about the Macross franchise. Uh, we know we have a lot of people that love uh, you know Robotech as well. There there's a great blend of of the the franchises, and uh, hopefully it means more people will be willing and hopefully open to saying, Hey, I can enjoy this series and I can enjoy this series. They're, they're different, but they are also very enjoyable in their own way. Well, plus a lot of people just haven't had the opportunity legally to see some Macross or in Japan to see Robotech. Obviously I don't think it's going to be so much Robotech going to Japan. That's going to be Macross coming to the States. That's a huge, huge Mm -hmm. thing. And I'm sure Harmony Gold gave into that so that they could get their movie, Robotech movie, into Japan. I'm sure that was the kind of the deal. Probably. Yeah. I don't think like, other than Robotech is a, a, a like a kind of a cool thing that it's American, so the Japanese might like it for it's the idea J- that it's different. But Japan and China. 
Yeah, well, China <laughs> obviously is the biggest for everything. Yeah. I'm, I don't know. Robotech might be already allowed in China, or they don't care. Maybe there's just because it's pretty lawless care. when it comes to uh, <laughs> rights. Because uh, a lot seems, of the uh, games... It seems to... Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, like, Kids Logic is based in Hong Kong, and they're able to do Robotech stuff. So I, I wonder if, you know, it might be a little thing there. Anyways, you were yeah. saying, Pat? Uh, just doing some research now. It looks like that Studio New owns the, is the music per- people. Okay. Uh, but they're in. I think they're tied with uh, Big West. Big, Big West. West. Yeah. yeah. It's a subsidiary or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be. So if you, I guess that it should come by because it. Uh, well, yeah. As long as it's not like uh, actual songs that from bands and stuff that they licensed a long time ago. Cause I know with like married with children that I'll use the original theme song on any of the streaming now because they lost the rights to the, who was a Frank Sinatra song. That was a Frank song. Sinatra. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So a lot of that and a lot of other shows are like that where they have to replace the music with soundalikes because it's not that, owned by them. So that happened to Evangelion when it went to Netflix. Did it? Yeah. They lost the fly me to the moon. Uh, oh, the closing theme. Yeah. It's owned by someone else. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So, oh, the nineties. But I'm sure. Uh, I think Macross. It's all original songs. I don't think there's any. I'm pretty sure it's all original songs. Um, yeah, it's uh, pretty much original songs. I think yeah. I can't see anything like, that's not created by Soji Kawamori. Yeah, like like Yoko Kano did pretty much everything from she did Macross Plus. Uh, she did Macross Frontier onward. I think has been her uh, as as a composer for the the show. And if you if you're not familiar with Yoko Kano's work, like go watch like Escaflone or Wolf's Rain or Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Like Cowboy Bebop, the music is iconic. Like. Yeah. If it weren't for that Yoko music, Kano I does think amazing this show music. would be known for. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I can't wait. Like, would it be great when it's hopefully Netflix or Prime or one of those get the rights to all the Macross? We can see it. Robotech's on like all different streaming systems, so maybe it'll be everywhere. So that'd be nice. That would be but yeah, nice. that was just one piece of news. <laughs> yeah, that was just the first, yeah. Uh, to go along with that, the Robotech slash Macross dogfight, which it actually says on the box, it's got both names, from uh, Kids Logic is out. It is uh, $70, which is a pretty steep price for a game, untested game. Uh, it does come with four minis, but it's only one officer, Battleoid, and uh, Veritech in three forms. So it's really only two minute, two one-on-one, right? And... Huh. Uh, yeah, and they it's it's called by has macros on the box, but all the names on the cards and everything are all the Robotech names. I wonder if that's just localized for us, or is if it's they just decide to go with the Robotech names. It maybe that they decided, hey, US is probably the biggest market for this, so let's go with those names. But so it's out there; it's available to buy. It was uh, pre-ordered for April, so uh, it's out there now. Uh, I'm still waiting for some stuff from Kids Logic because of all the uh, shipping issues. So I wouldn't. Uh, you know, maybe wait till it comes to another retailer like uh, Aries Games or something. So I would think about that first. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it has those weird. It's got like a. It looks like it's got markers like uh, X Wing, but it also has like height markers, which are like plastic things. You can be all different heights. I don't know. I'd have to. The, the rule book is available to download on the page that we have the link to. So you check out the rule books to see if that's. I haven't looked at it yet, but we'll have to see if that's something that actually works or if it's clunky. I'm not sure if these people have made any other games, so it might be... I know when Kids Logic first started, they had no idea about making miniatures. They were all about making big models and, like, 
really nice high-end stuff. So mm-hmm. maybe it's just a couple guys who thought they could just uh, make a miniatures game and it might not turn out great. But who knows? We have to check it out. So I think that's it for Robotech <laughs> and Macross. <laughs> uh, Teco Toys, they're making display pieces. They're the ones who did the 3D. Well, they originally did a Kickstarter for the toys that were just big mechs, but it failed. So then they did, uh, they did sold the 3D prints for them. Now they're doing uh, uh, game, uh, display pieces, but they, they look just like Dead Zone uh, for games. Like so, like modular. I don't know if they're three by three, but they look like that kind of set. So it might be interesting for gaming. Uh, yeah. Once again, the 3D printable. It's SDLs for things. So. Uh, so Stratos Minis is making a new ver- ver- uh, version of Horizon Wars. Horizon Wars only came out f- maybe a year ago, but this new game called Hard War. It's like Verizon, War, Verizon Wars 2.0, so it's kind of odd, but uh, it's got Stratos Minis behind it, so it's actual miniature range behind it now, which is probably helpful. I, I believe Horizon Wars originally was uh, uh, Osprey, I think, did that. They do a lot of games that are just mm-hmm. no miniatures involved, just whatever you have. Yeah. And I, I have it somewhere. I never looked at it once again. I buy things and don't look at them. But... Uh, <laughs> I, it's. Uh, I remember when Horizon Wars came out. It's all about combined arms. It's not just mechs. It's you have to have infantry and and uh, tanks and stuff. So once again, hardware is available. I think there's a uh, free preview of the uh, book too. So check that out. I'm just jumping through this stuff quick because. Uh, so if anybody wants to jump in, if they have anything to say about anything, we got to get through it. There's a lot of news here. Mm-hmm. Uh, another big thing that came out was Hasbro PulseCon happened, and uh, they announced. A transforming Optimus Prime robot. Oh, I and saw it, that thing. That thing is ridiculous. Yeah, it actually transforms, and it, it has voice commands, and it talks, and it's it's lights up. I uh, this company has been making them, has been making transforming robots for a long time, but it's they now they have the license for. Uh, it's a third party that makes them. It's they have a license for actual transformers. I remember seeing a long time ago they did a uh, one of the uh, parts of uh, Devastator. One of the uh, I think it was the front end loader. I think or the dump truck i can't remember and it, it transformed the same idea it's pretty cool it's uh you know it is 700 dollars and sold out so you're not getting it if you've wanted it probably but it's pretty Yikes. steep for what that is <laughs> for a gimmick that once again it's you know it's just a gimmick and everybody was kind of raving about it i'm like i'm pretty sure we've seen similar things just not licensed like i don't think it's that big a deal as people make it out to be it looks crazy but and it, it's probably only about what i think it's 18 inches tall so it's not huge either. So if, if that's your thing, if you want to spend $700 on a transforming robot, you go for it. But it's, <laughs> it's just odd. Uh, this one is uh, the next uh, piece of news is uh, I think personally I did this because I, I mentioned Sound and Fury by uh, Sturgill Simpson. I watched the Netflix show and that came out like years ago. But now all of a sudden it's getting a prequel comic from uh, Z2 Comics. They do a lot of, uh, of licensed music comics. I know uh, they have a Judge Dredd, or no, not a uh, Anthrax comic coming out about their one album that has the Judge Dredd song on it, and Scott Ian is actually writing Dredd, Judge Dredd uh, version of the song in the comic book form. But this one oh, has Jason Aaron and Ryan Cady attached, so Jason Aaron's a big name. So, nice. yeah, so it's uh, it's pretty much uh, post-apocalyptic samurai. So that'll be fun. I'll check it out when it comes out. Uh, yeah. Another thing, uh, Hired Steel is a uh, Machina from uh, I don't even know who makes it, but it's on YouTube, and it's it's taken them years to do episode one. I think we had a preview pre- preview a long time ago, but it's a it's pretty much BattleTech in in animated form. I think 
maybe they're doing it as the hope to get somebody like Netflix or somebody interested and they could be the production company, but it is really cool anyways, even if it is for fun. So, uh, one of the voices is by Tex from uh, Tex Talks Battletech, so that's always fun. But it is cool. It's all really short. I think it's like maybe 10 minutes long, if that, but and a lot of work has been put into it. And lastly, we have a lot of Netflix news. I never realized how many mech shows are on Netflix until all of a sudden they all announced all this stuff. So, <laughs> uh, uh, Netflix is making a live-action Gundam movie, supposedly, with uh, Kong Skull Island director. And uh, that's been a long time talking about the Gundam movie, but now Netflix is involved. So that's a lot more likely it's actually going to happen. Because they tend to just throw money at things anyways. So, we have a hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, also, Love, Death, and Robots Volume 2 is announced. Uh, volume yep. one was interesting. Did you guys watch it? I watched the first one. Yeah, I did not watch the second one. Yeah, the second because one's it's not out yet. S- second <laughs> one's coming out. I think it's actually it, like mid-May. Actually, I think is when season two is coming out. Yeah, and they, they also announced uh, season three too. And I think at the same time. Yep. Yep. So. Season uh, season three will be in twenty twenty two. Season three bananas. But the neat thing about that is it's all different production companies doing it, and they're all shorts, so it's probably mm-hmm. easy for them to a bunch of people working on them. So, and lastly, last piece of news is really exciting for me is Pacific Rim: The Black is getting a season two. I d- I didn't know if enough people would watch it, but enough people <laughs> found it interesting that they made my dream come true that we get a Pacific Rim ongoing anime series. So, I didn't think they coming. wouldn't get a season two though. I don't know. It's pretty niche. Like that's you know. You Admittedly, I still haven't gotten around to watching it yet. <laughs> See, you haven't added it to the numbers. So even without Ryan, they're still making season. Yeah, even without me. Uh, yeah, that's about it. I haven't done anything. I don't think I've watched any TV or movies that have mechs in them. Comic books, I'm still reading Ultraman and Ultra Mega. Both of them are all right. That's about it. What about you guys? Pat, what have you been up to? Not much either. Again, uh, as I alluded to earlier, we did play a game of Mecha Hack. Yes, that was awesome. Oh, that Mecha Hack game that you played. Yeah. <laughs> Remember now that? Now you can mention it. <laughs> now I mention it. So who else? We had four people? Yeah. Well, four we plus four, you. Yeah. So, well, four actual pilots. Yep. Uh, and then just a little one-off game just to get used to the mechanics and playing around. And then it turned out pretty good. The sucky part was that we had – I had actually video screen captured recorded it. <laughs> but <laughs> – uh, I had my mic muted in the software, oh, so no. you could hear everyone else, but you can't hear me. So I was my the my DM. plan was yeah, <laughs> my plan was to put it on our YouTube channel and have it all out so people could check out Mecha Hack and watch us play a game, uh, and everything. So and it was a good game. It turned out great. There was uh, a lot of a lot of action, a lot of funniness. Um, yeah. Uh, and things like that, but it just uh, uh, we're bound never to sh- display any of our. Yeah, we've our tried. We've tried Cyberpunk, which we failed, and now we should fail this. We also uh, tried one. What's that? That we tried a D one. By oh, yeah. but let me just point out though, this by far is the furthest we've gotten along. <laughs> <laughs> like they recorded the whole, we recorded the whole episode, and everything was working except for me. I still say you should just re-record your parts. I, it's going to be hard. I think you could do it. The spontaneity. Yeah, you just, just pretend. There. I don't even remember what I said half the time. Yeah, you just make it up. You can make us react to things that you... We, Improv. Like, <laughs> you like say something and we're like, yeah, that's great. And meanwhile, you said something horrible. So, we, 
No, but we'll do it again. We'll definitely do it again. Yeah, that was more of a demo game anyway, so we were learning the ropes, how to do everything. My reactor uh, went every single roll I made, failed. to. to you have to roll a, on a D6, is it? No, it's, a, no, it's all different, whatever, right? It's whatever, yeah, it's a, whatever you set your reactor at. I think, I think mine started at D8, and I, yeah. I failed the roll. Oh, you have to roll a 1 or a 2. And I think even then, yeah, I think a roll or 1 or 2. I wasn't a veteran. But uh, I failed it every single time. I don't think I succeeded in a uh, 1 reactor roll. So. Yeah, I don't think, I don't, but I don't think your reactor shut down, because I think Jack... No, I stopped doing it, that's why. <laughs> Jack sa- Well, Jack saved you, too, because he had that special power that allows yeah, you to... Yeah, I had to- that, too. And I tried, well, I tried to use that special power on Jack, and uh, I failed that roll, too. So his went up and mine went down. But, yeah. It was fun, though. It's uh, Mecha Hacks really smooth and really fast, which I liked a lot. Um, That's good to hear. Yeah. I, like, we're, once again, we we're just learning the ropes, and we just made our characters not really knowing much. So I would now that I played it, I probably made a different mech, but it was still fun. Yeah. I think so. I think we'll do it again, too. I kind of want to flesh this little kind of one-shot world I put together, and I've been kind of uh, jotting down notes as I think of things uh, to kind of flesh this world out to kind of make it an RPG setting. Yeah, more RPG and just use the nice. combat. Yeah. Uh, we were fighting kaiju, which is kind of fun. Like, semi-intelligent kaiju, though. They were pretty. They were mining stuff, so it was kind well, of fun. You, you think they're semi-intelligent. Well, somebody was <laughs> controlling them at the very least. But uh, anyways, it was fun times. We went to a mine, and we fought kaiju. That's all I remember. Nice. And, and I failed a lot. Yeah. And nobody, nobody would split the party, even though I suggested it many times. <laughs> uh, but that's all I think I got. I mean, the dropship, we talked about that already. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> well, speaking of, of kaiju, uh, not to tangent too much, but it's... You know, Giant Monsters is always just a, a short step away from the mecha topic. And so uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Oh, yeah, I did watch was that. in theaters um, and, and HBO Max. Uh, I actually just got to see it this last weekend, um, which was a blast. Like, it is, it is definitely a giant monster movie. It definitely is. I mean, if you didn't like it, then I can see why people don't like it. But if you didn't like it, it means you didn't grow up watching these movies. Or you also mm-hmm. can't learn to turn your brain off and just enjoy yeah. giant guys beating on each other. I also because heard a lot of the these are very, What's that? These are very reminiscent of the old Godzilla yeah. King of the Monsters movies back in the day with Mothra or Gamora and all these other ones. Yeah, and people well, were complaining that uh, like Godzilla was a, the bad guy in him. Like, have you ever watched Godzilla? He's a freaking bad guy. <laughs> Just because later he has yeah, a child yeah. and uh, he's, yeah, he's he's an antagonist or a protagonist. He doesn't make necessarily make him a good guy. Yeah, you could have bad heroes for God's sakes. Yeah, the Godzilla like is always y- you're going to get one or the other. He's either going to be there to protect you or he's going to be there to destroy you. <laughs> and it, it really could just be you know the phases of the moon. And he's um, definitely self-serving. Yes. Well, it was it was funny like. Uh, I, I posted online like my first thought after uh, after seeing the movie was just thinking about Mothra sitting at home waiting for Godzilla to come back and just be like, so did you have did you boys all have a fun time? Because, <laughs> you know, I mean, she wasn't going to. Nah, yeah. The boys having a like, I'm the strongest. No, I'm the strongest. Yeah, that's the whole basis. Mothra's just like, OK, I'm going to be over here. <laughs> we all know. I also said that- productive. <laughs> I also said the same thing for 
Godzilla King of the Monsters if you didn't like that movie because you didn't grow up with these movies. You just don't get it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I will say um, that like there, there is a bit more emphasis on Kong as, as a character. Um, but we've had at least we've had two outings with Godzilla and we'd only had one outing with him. Yeah. So I, I think it's a fair trade. It was kind of that fascinating realization. It's like, Oh yeah, this, this all started with Godzilla 2014. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah. It, it it seems so long ago. It's so long between movies. You kind of forget that it, this is one of the other, you might say, successful like movie, like multi movie cinematic universes that's still going. Yeah, is this the fourth movie? I think so, right? This is the fourth movie. Yeah. yeah. I'm a little bit on the fence about Mecha Godzilla, though. Spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. No, everybody That's knows. It was in the trailer right off the bat. They they, they kind of spoiled that really early. Well, the, the well the story arc on on Mechagodzilla. Well, they yeah they they said it was a silly like they just like hey let's just it does it doesn't I don't, matter. I, I don't hold <laughs> yeah it doesn't it doesn't but you know as a purist I'm like oh come on yeah <laughs> should be an alien right yeah alien, <laughs> should should always be aliens one hundred percent but it's not uh, to say it's not. But yeah, uh, it, it's still really good. Uh, so if if you are in a, a kaiju mood, definitely check that out. It's totally worth your time, um, and it's a it's a fun romp. Uh, yeah. If nothing else, you'll enjoy I, it. I like the fight scenes. The fight scenes are really good. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the whole point of it. And that they toned down the humans. Like the first Godzilla movie, Godzilla was in what ten minutes of the movie. Like he barely something in the movie. like that. Yeah, and they toned that down where it's not about the humans. It's about the big giant guys fighting each other like the old movies were. That's the whole point. Yeah. It's not about what uh, Millie Bobby Brown Brown is doing at the current moment, although yeah, she does do some really, stuff in it. But <laughs> it's about really about Godzilla just hunting down anyone that he thinks is gonna challenge him. Yeah, being the tough kid on the block. Yeah, but um, other other things that uh, I, I've kind of gotten into, I, I finished up a bunch of stuff. Uh, at the beginning of the month. And so it meant, it meant that I started up a whole bunch of new stuff. Uh, so I finished playing death stranding. That game is really strange. <laughs> uh, I, I was pretty happy with how it ended though. Um, like, I'm not going to spoil it by any stretch. Uh, I don't know if I'd have the words to explain what happened, but, uh, <laughs> um, no, it, it was, it was a really good game. Uh, but it is not for everybody. Um, just because it, it is pretty strange if there's any, uh, if you have any, any like, you know, legitimate like triggers regarding like childbirth or babies oh, in any way, it could, uh, there could be some traumatic moments, uh, to be sure it, it's strange. Um, <laughs> you got Hideo Kojima and Guillermo del Toro working together. It's yeah. strange with Mads Mikkelsen. He was great. Mads Mikkelsen. Oh my god. Nor- and, Norman and, and Mads yeah. were fantastic Norman in it. And is. and shout out to uh to Troy Baker who uh plays one of the villains in it. Um, actual an actual uh, voice actor. How unusual in a video game nowadays. <laughs> right? And 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 they did motion capture for him. Like it oh, was yeah. him. He actually did it, yeah. Yeah. Oh nice. Yeah, they when when Kojima does uh a lot of the, the acting and stuff like that, he gets the people and it's like, no, you're, we're going to make you into the video game, but it is going to be you. Did it look like him? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, it looked like Troy Baker. That's cool. Yeah, uh, you don't really see him very often, so that's kind of cool. It, which was funny because like I I had recognized him because I I'd, I'd met him at like anime conventions. I'd seen him and stuff, and like when and I recognized his voice. Mm-hmm. But there was oh, that yeah. that initial disconnect. I'm like, you look familiar. He kind of looks like uh, Bradley Cooper. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, yeah. Um, he's got very uh, distinct eyes. Yeah. Um, at least in the game, and um, but uh, turned out to be a lot less, a lot fewer mechs at the end of the end of that game. So, <laughs> um, that said, the next one of the, I did play a little bit more Front Mission Three, more just kind of like picking at it for fun. Um, but then I, I I started playing a game that had been on my docket for a while, Thirteen Sentinels Igus Rim. Now I. I I think I had talked about this this game in the past. It's a it's a Japanese title um, put out by Atlas, and it's from the folks that make Odin's Sphere and Dragon's Crown. Now, if you're um, unfamiliar with those, it they have a very distinct and like beautiful aesthetic that they go with. Like it, it's it's very vibrant colors. Um, it, you can kind of think of um, like the animation style for them is kind of like you have different parts of a puppet that kind of moves. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's all two dimensional, but like if you just kind of think like, okay, my shoulder has a joint, you know, my elbow has a joint, and they'll just kind of move, you know, things almost as if it had kind of a skeleton. It's not like hand drawn by frame by frame. It's like you know we're we're manipulating and rotating this two D sprite yeah. to make it. To do the animation. Almost like a paper model, kind of, where it's just yeah, yeah. connected at points instead of actually fully rendered. And so I'm, I've been a fan of their their games. Odin Sphere is is a great, uh, weird Shakespearean take on Ragnarok. Like, <laughs> the end of the world Ragnarok, um, where you, you play through, I think, is six different characters um, at different points in a story. Uh and then Dragon's Crown is kind of a a very cheese tastic uh, D and D kind of uh, uh, like side scroll beat 'em up game, and uh, that's a, that's a lot of fun. It that one is a bit more absurd. Uh, so so one of the things if you if you start looking at the character designs uh, for Dragon's Crown in particular, you notice something very distinct about their art style. Um, We'll just say buxom is is a word. And um, uh, bustiers. <laughs> yes. Bustiers. For both, for all genders. <laughs> um, so that said, 13 Ig- Sentinels Igus Rim is a new game that they've put out that is a sci-fi uh, part visual novel, part kind of tower defense um, game where the story is a weird cross between Pacific Rim, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, mm-hmm. or All You Need Is Kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there's a um, there's a time travel component to this, uh, and we follow thirteen protagonists wow. in a a like at different points in a story kind of thing. So we're we're always seeing like different perspectives. Mm-hmm. On, on things 
like and and to to put it in perspective too like uh, it also crosses with war of the worlds so basically there's a war of the world <coughs> alien invasion and in the future they developed giant robots to fight them and then those giant robots for some reasons unknown because i'm not far in the game yet get transported back in time uh to fight the war of the world's machine the tripods and stuff in those other times and and as far as a time range goes we're talking like 1945 japan oh yeah uh a lot takes place in 1985 japan and then i think it's like 2055 and 2086 or something like that uh there's a there's a couple future ones that we we get a, a sneak peek of but it's a fascinating game so far i'm really digging it um uh, so are you playing it on uh ps4 oh i have a ps4 <laughs> <laughs> i don't no yes you do don't you no i only have an xbox one yeah it might be on xbox one i'm not sure how wide their release was i think it might also be on the switch um but yeah it's it's a it's a strange one but not in the same way as as uh death stranding was <laughs> this is more of just like there's a lot of like perspectives and personalities to take into account and kind of trying to understand how these characters all relate to one another so like one character was born in the past in like the 19 uh you know was a teenager in the 1940s and then gets whisked into the future into the 1980s um so he's got like imperialist japan mentalities and he's like and now i'm in the 80s and it's like we could have won <laughs> if we use these giant robots we could have defeated the americans well giant robots win everything so yeah but uh no definitely check it out it's the like the visual uh look of it is really cool the they've they kind of divide it between the story the narrative playing out and kind of fighting off this the way they treat the the battles uh does kind of have that same kind of end of days kind of feel to it it's like you're on these these last lines of defense as it's slowly getting whittled and whittled further and further back um while while trying to like keep all your characters alive (laughs) so it's cool uh it's got branching stories too so it's it's uh it's worth your time interesting um i think the other thing uh worth mentioning is i did recently rewatch uh full metal panic second raid um and and this was kind of in prep to because i have the the uh fourth season that got released recently and i'm like okay i need to to figure out where we left off um and i gotta say i had kind of forgotten so like First season of Full Metal Panic is half kind of serious mech combat, military stuff, half high school shenanigans, fish out of the water kind of stuff. Season two, Fumofu, almost 100% that comedy beat, right? It's the fish out of the water, uh, our military guy just being making really stupid uh, decisions when trying to adapt to civilian life. Season three, The Second Raid is uh like a hundred percent serious mode uh 
with with the violence cranked way up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot how much blood and and profanity and everything is in that season. It's a dark season, to be sure. <laughs> a little bit of a whiplash for the genre. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so with that, I'm I'm getting ready to to watch uh, that fourth season. I haven't had a chance to yet, though. Full Metal Panic. Yeah, I never I never watched that one yet. It's always on the list. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's it takes place like in an else, uh, like an alternate timeline uh, where uh, I'm trying to remember exactly. Like there there there's a lot of literature and, and lore about you know where the path of history changed and suddenly giant mechs were the thing all these militaries started using. Like the Russians became huge and the Chinese were we're big and the U S is out there, you know, a lot of kind of stuff, but yeah, so it's been a very full, uh, Comstar. We should probably head over to the mech bay hanger and get this topic talked about. Yes. Yeah, we're going to have a quick one. I think <laughs> we always say that <laughs> I'm Brian and I'm Rick from dead zone, the podcast. And you're listening to mobile armor radio. Now entering the mech bay hanger. Welcome to the Mech Bay Hainer. This is the part of the show where we do a bit of a roundtable discussion on a topic uh, related to Mecha in some way. And uh, this this month, uh, what we decided on is, you know, with Giant Mecha, one of the things that is commonly found is that there's usually some crazy dude who's like, I want to build a giant robot. <laughs> and so... Um, so we thought we'd, we'd dedicate a, a quick episode here to... Uh, kind of the crazy scientists that make this all possible. This one's for you, scientists. <laughs> and so I think I'm going to turn it over to Rob first. My first one. He's he's very mad. He's a scientist. He's from Rotech. He's not from the TV show, though. He's from the Titan Comics. And that's Laszlo Zand. He's, uh, he's pretty crazy. He kidnaps Roy and makes a clone out of him, and the clone kills Glovel. And he, oh, he actually kills Global. Yeah, it's like uh, well, so Roy this, does. Is the, this is the alternate one where yeah, Claudia it's, it's, goes to the future or something like that. No, in uh, what's her name? Um, from the second season, what's her name? The blonde girl. I can never remember the second season or second. Oh, uh, I forget her name. Yeah. Anyways, she comes from the future to the past, and she meets okay. her parents, and then her parents, Max and Mira, don't actually like each other because she kind of influences him. It's before Mirror becomes good, fully good, so it's kind of fun. That's right. But, uh, yeah, uh, Claudio becomes the the admiral. Like, What is he? Captain, I guess? But anyways. He's admiral. Admiral Global. Yeah. Well, I, I think at the time he's only captain. He's only captain of the SDF-1. Nice. Uh, and it's it, the comic book's pretty fun. It got, uh, unfortunately, the writer got COVID early on and it pretty much got cancelled at this point. It hasn't come back, so we'll, uh, we'll see if that comic book actually comes back. It was, uh, if you're a purist, people are actually angry about it, but I found it fun as a reimagining. I don't have to, I don't want to read Robotech again. I can watch the show, but to read something yeah. different, like an alternate version of it, it's kind of fun. Anyways, uh, Brian, what you got? Sure. So the first one I thought I'd grab, uh, is again, not necessarily, uh, the, the guy that built the machine as it were, but he was definitely involved in the project. So in the show Gunbuster. <laughs> There's a guy n- named Coach Ota, 
um, and he he heads the division of of like the pilots that train up to pilot their mechs and stuff like that. And he kind of takes uh, our main character Noriko under his wing after her father saves him, and uh, basically like trains her up so that she can one day pilot the titular gunbuster giant mecha. And he's particularly crazy, not only because of this plan, uh, <laughs> but also like near the end of the show that it's, it's all about like aliens invading the planet. And they're like, how are we going to stop these things? And he's like, guys, what we got to do is take a good chunk of like, I think it's Jupiter and we're going to make a black hole bomb <laughs> and we're well, going to throw it at him. <laughs> That's what you do. Like, like his, his plan is absolutely insane, but like the show treats it like he's the only one that knows what to do. <laughs> and it's like, no, this dude is crazy. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's a, he's a, he's a fun, crazy guy. <laughs> so how about you, Pat? Well, I most of my mecha doesn't stay have away a from lot crazy of crazy people. <laughs> well, they just don't have a lot of scientists in it. I mean, that play a big role. You know, I mean, they, you have the guys that create the mecha, like Brian says, uh, but none really take a big giant role. I mean, even Emil Lang, you know, in the Robotech, he was just kind of a side character, but in yeah, the comic book, he becomes yeah. a, a separate thing. So. Uh, the one that stands out to me the most, and I used him, I actually casted him in our, our uh, Hollywood episode, is Dr. Hell from uh, Mazinger. <laughs> Mazinger Z. He literally is a doctor who's the main antagonist. He actually is uh, starts off as uh, friends of the guy who creates the Mazinger, uh, Juzo and Juzo Kabuto. Uh, where they actually delve into the earth and find uh, this lost empire back in the day uh, on earth that actually created giant mechanical beasts and used them as uh, labor and stuff. Uh, and then, then he takes he then he realizes he wants to take this technology and use it to rule the earth. And that's when he kills <laughs> and that's when he kills everyone else in the in the expedition. Uh, was especially the guy who created Mezinger and whose grandson then basically, uh, excuse me, uh, gets control of the Mezinger Z and uses it to fight Dr. Hell. Uh, but in that, in that whole series of Mezinger Z, he's creating these mechanical beasts and, uh, uh, making cyborgs as his lieutenants, uh, from, uh, dead bodies from, uh, <laughs> the old, uh, what is it called? The Mycenae Mice Mice Empire. Uh, so he literally is mad and crazy. Uh, he supposedly dies. It was supposedly he does die at the end of Mazinger Z, but then gets brought back to life in Mazenkaiser. Of course, by the Duke of Hell. Don't you know anything about science? Yeah, he is, is Doctor Hell. So even the Duke of Hell needs a doctor. Yeah. So uh, when we when you wanted to talk about mad scientists, I was thinking this guy came right to the forefront because he is mm -hmm. the epitome of mad science. Yeah, I mean, he's making he's taking two dead bodies from Bogan. Basically, these he finds these two dead bodies that are crushed by stone. One crushed on the left, one crushed on the right. So he takes both of them and completes their bodies and reanimates them with cyborgs on the parts that were crushed. Jeez. <laughs> so uh, nice. Yeah, so he's just crazy, and he looks and he looks crazy. If you ever get a picture of Doctor Hell, you just go to our Hollywood episode and 
check him and Will Ferrell out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> Will Ferrell is Dr. Hell. Yep, from Zoolander. Yep. <laughs> I'd be surprised if they didn't actually use him when they made Zoolander, because Dr. Hell's been around forever. I wonder if they, whoever made the designs for Zoolander was like, hey, that would work. Yeah, right? <laughs> Very so, nice. All right, Rob, who do you got next? Uh, my next one is a, uh, he's a doctor, sort of. Uh, he is a, it's definitely a mad a scientist. Doctor. It's uh, Shockwave from Transformers. Shockwave. Oh, Shockwave. Oh, yeah. You're right. That's a good one. That's a good call, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is the most evil of all Decepticons by far. He, uh, in the in the original comics, he takes over and pretty much kills all the, kills a bunch of both sides. And in the new Netflix series, he's draining all the Transformers for their sparks to power his evil schemes, his uh, ship. To take over, to take over, actually. Yeah, right? he's, uh, Shockwave's always, he's, everybody thinks Starscream's like the, uh, anti- in- antithesis of Megatron, but Shockwave's the one who's always trying to really take control. Starscream's a bit of a joke, whereas Shockwave is a real danger. And you think that uh, Megatron's bad. Shockwave's way worse. Oh, yeah. Shockwave is the Mangala of the Transformers. Yes, for sure. That's a good, good, uh, that is exactly the right thing, where he's just, he'll do anything for whatever comes to his mind, he's willing to do it. And even if all the other uh, Decepticons are like, what the hell? This is not right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think like in... Um... It really comes forward in the, in the new Netflix series, oh, though, yeah, for, for sure. sure. Yeah, he's super evil now. Yeah. I remember in the, the War of uh, Cybertron game, mm. uh, it was either War or Fall, uh, with the Dinobots. Like, he's responsible for the way that they talk. <laughs> like, he, he messed with their their heads like by torturing them. And that's why... He can't speak straight anymore. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shockwave Grimlock. is super evil. So that's right. I, I needed Shockwave as a mad scientist. He's the maddest. And uh, yeah. Also, it doesn't. It also helps that he uh, doesn't have a face. He's just got that single eye. And mm-hmm. it's, it's creepy as hell. Yeah. Yeah. It also works too that he's got so got like like I want to say clones of himself out there, but they're all like lesser versions of himself, and they're evil and crazy also. <laughs> He's, he's a bad guy. What else we got? Brian, you got another one? I do. Um, but I was thinking, so I've got two left. Uh, Pat, I think you, you were looking for one. Do you want to take Tem Ray? Uh, no, because I don't even know who that is. <laughs> okay. I'm going to tap out. Okay. Out. So, so oh, Tem Ray. Broke things. Uh, Tem Ray is the father of Amuro Ray. Yeah. From Mobile Suit Gundam. Oh yeah, I mean, he's minimal though, right? <laughs> he he doesn't. We, we actually don't get to see much of him. He's in like the first episode of the show, um, and then like then he's crazy. He, then he's crazy after that. Yeah, he he basically gets thrown out into space and and deprived of oxygen for a while. And the next time we meet him, he's gone a little space mad. <laughs> um, but but like you know when we first meet him and even in some of the like Gundam the Origin stuff we can see he is kind of a a brilliant slightly uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for um, he he's kind of got this rivalry going with the Manofsky uh, who's been working on the Xeon uh, you know mobile armor uh, yeah. suits that were coming out and so he's like no the uh, our stuff is better and look at it yeah. He's very much cats in the cradle with Amuro, though. So, yeah, he's uh, he's not a great dad. <laughs> no. Um, and 
uh, he's got a very hands-off parenting style. He's, he's separated <laughs> from his, his wife, who was still on Earth while he was up in the colonies with Amaro. And, uh, and he, he kind of dies in an indignant death uh, where uh, he, he's like listening to a battle report that I, I'm trying to remember how quickly this battle happens from when Amuro meets him again. Mm-hmm. Like Amuro, Amuro tracks him down and his dad is like, you know, he's initially like, Oh my gosh, my you know father, it's great to see you. And he's like, Oh, Amuro, how's the Gundam doing? Yeah. It's like, what if, what if we did, what if we made this, you know, take this can How's my toy gun? <laughs> like, like he, he's obviously gone. Like Amuro even, I think says goodbye to him. Like, this is the last time I'm going to see you. Um, he just knows it. And then, uh, he like in a, in a drunken bit of woohooing cause the Gundam won, he trips and falls down the stairs and presumably breaks his neck <laughs> and just dies. Yep. That's but yeah, he was crazy. They're like, yeah, let's get rid of him. This is the way to do it. And I think with, with that, I'm going to wrap up with one more cause we would, uh, it, it would be a disservice if we didn't mention this guy, Gendo Ikari from Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I always forget about that guy. This guy, really iconic. Like some of these other characters we mentioned, they're they're more in the background, or or um, you know an antagonist or something like that. This guy is technically on the good guys team. Uh. He sits, sits and lords over the entire Nerve uh, headquarters. Um, and what he says goes. Uh, but basically, he's responsible for developing the, the different Ava units. Uh, he and uh, several other scientists that work with him. But he was kind of the spearhead of it all. And uh, Guy's kind of insane. Um, he's, he's got a lot of repressed... Uh, emotions uh he he treats people uh <laughs> treats objects like people and people like objects <laughs> uh in a lot of weird ways now that i say that out loud um uh basically it was the ends justify the means a hundred percent of the time even if it means sacrificing uh his son or uh you know the other young teenage pilots or, you know, clones are his dead wife. Wait, his wife's not really dead because she's part of Ava Unit 1. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's just so, a really crazy guy. And and at the end of the day, um, and it actually ties into I always wanted to make an AMV of this, uh, of, of Gendo and Shinji, uh, his son, uh, kind of pairing them off, in, set to the song of Lifehouse's... Um, uh, all in uh, because that it's very much the mentality for Gendo is like he is he is a hundred percent invested in this it cannot fail and and more often like at the end of the day kind of what he wants to like have happen is in a way kind of be reunited with his wife but at the same time like there's this whole apocalypse thing happening so he'll get to one of those two things eventually <laughs> yeah Go crazy show <laughs> well i think that's going to be a wrap on 
the mech Hainer, so let's head on off to the exfil. Let's exfil out of here. Thank you guys for checking out the episode. Uh, like and subscribe if you enjoyed what you've seen or heard, <laughs> I guess. Can you like and subscribe somewhere? It's not YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> it is not YouTube. I guess you, you can subscribe. You can subscribe, yeah. Why not? But uh, sure. On Podbean, download. And you can like it in your own heart. <laughs> yeah. Share it with your friends and engage with the community. We've got a, a very uh, positive and, and connected uh, group of people on our, our Facebook group. And uh, we always love hearing from you guys. So if you know any kind of crazy scientists that uh, yeah, make every, giant robots, just let us know. Exactly. If you if you see if you uh, know uh, a character we didn't know about, let us know because I'm now that we've talked about, it, I'm thinking in my head. I really just don't know any of the scientists <laughs> other than the ones who created the the machines. But there's not very many antagonists other than Doctor Hill in my head that go against uh, any of the good guys. Yeah. Hey, yeah, it's 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 interesting, yeah. With the, uh... I mean, would we could you count Rita as a mad scientist because she's a witch, right? Sure. <laughs> science magic is a science that uh... you just don't understand yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, with that, I think we'll we'll sign off. I've been Brian. I'm a chopper. And I'm Rob. Have a good night, everybody. Bye bye. Bye. This has been Mobile Armor. Radio. Join our Facebook group by searching for Mobile Armor Radio. Find us on Twitter at M Armor Radio. Find us on iTunes and visit our website, mobilearmorradio.podbean.com. Join us on the first of every month for more mecha discussion.